You're listening to The Marketplace, a podcast that's meant to inspire other creatives to make meaningful strides in their own personal and professional life. My name is Priest Willis Sr., and I'm an entrepreneur, investor, author, and all-around inquisitive guy. I'm sitting down with other creators to talk about their process and lessons they've learned on getting the answers to the questions many of us are looking for. Let's get ready to roll. I am joined with Johnny FD, a digital nomad who in 2008 quit his corporate gig in California to move to Thailand and follow his passions and work as a scuba diver around the world. It was in Thailand that he spent a few years training professionally as a Muay Thai fighter and fighting professionally. In 2008, he started his first online business through publishing a book on Amazon Kindle, then replaced his nine to five income by starting a drop shipping store, which he later sold and started investing in other passive income vehicles. Johnny started this blog that he has, johnnyfd.com, where he talks about his travels. It's meant to document and share his journey as a location independent entrepreneur or what he calls a digital nomad with his friends and family. I was so excited to talk to Johnny because it's it's something that I aspire to do. I want to be able to travel and almost disconnect myself from a location, if you will, and still work and still put out great content or good companies like I have been. I've been blessed in that area. And it's so exciting to see someone doing it at such a high level. I hope you guys get something out of this because he offers more than just about traveling and working digital and all the sexy stories you hear. There really is rich content that all of us can take from whether we're still working the nine to five. It, it just gives you something to inspire to. I'm, I'm just so happy to share it. Without further ado, here is my man, Johnny FD. <music> Hey, Johnny, welcome to the program. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, you know, I was kind of telling you offline that you, you're you somebody that you're dabbling in so many things that I've been into and have dealt with some stuff that I'm interested in that I couldn't help but to want to talk to you more and then just kind of open it up for the listeners to hear. So I'm glad you're here. But why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I'm just a normal guy who just happened to have this personality where I, I always liked blogging about things I was trying to figure out for myself because I figured, you know, not only is it, is it nice to leave breadcrumbs for other people, like a trail so they can figure it out as well, but honestly, it helps me to kind of just figure out, you know, my, my thoughts and formulate my thoughts and keep track of progress. So, you know, throughout my life, regardless if I was, you know, if I was getting into like the paleo diet or CrossFit or self-development or uh, drop shipping or being a digital nomad. I've always kind of just openly talked about it. Now I'm the founder of the uh, Travel Like a Boss podcast, where I interview digital nomads and people I meet while uh, traveling and working online, as well as the Nomad Summit, which is the big conference for digital nomads. Yeah, I know. That's that's what's kind of cool about all this is that, you know, for, for me, um, you know, it's the stuff that I'm interested in, right? I, I told you offline that there's stuff that I want to do to work on my body, work on, you know, what I'm doing in life. And I don't necessarily want to be tethered down to a nine to five. And you've kind of tapped into a lot of that stuff. So, you know, first I have to ask, and, you know, I think this makes sense uh, for our listeners, but you go by Johnny FD. W what does the FD stand for? 
you know, what's really funny is that was just uh, my, my friend Rosanna, who runs the Lisbon Digital Nomads group, uh, just messaged me the other day saying that uh, they used that same question at their weekly pub quiz for digital nomads in Lisbon. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Got it. <laughs> it's kind of fun because I, I never thought my name would be used in a pub quiz anywhere in the world, especially not Portugal. But the FD was actually just a way to get in a few more keywords into the Amazon kind of search box when I published my first book. And it was 12 weeks in Thailand, the good life on the cheap. And instead of putting Johnny Jen or, you know, uh, or, you know, whatever, or making up a, a pen name, I put Johnny Fighter Dive Master. Because that's what the book was about. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so funny how something sticks with you. And it's it's like it's really it's really simple, right? I mean, you know, some people have like, oh, I was the FD was after my grandfather who died in the first diving war, but yours is like, no, I was trying to get get in the rankings a little bit. Yeah, that's really it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So tell us, what is a digital nomad? You know, for those who don't understand how digital nomad work, it just sounds like a guy really taking a long vacation. Explain to us what it is. So what's funny is I've technically been a digital nomad now for you know at least five plus years. You know, it's become really popular in the last few. And we've been kind of using the term now since maybe 2013, but no one ever really defined it that much. Mm. So I finally wrote a blog post about it on johnnyfd.com pretty recently, just like probably a month ago, where I really broke it down. So what a digital nomad is, is someone who takes advantage of technology something something digital it can be you know through your laptop through the internet through your smartphone whatever it is if you're taking advantage of technology to make a living while being remote so so you can use the internet the nomad part would be the moving around part so traditionally a nomad is someone who moves around in search of better pasture of water or just a better life right so a digital nomad is basically someone who works online who can use technology to work and moves to where we're treated best, where we have the best cost of living, the best weather, you know, or just kind of the best life. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, cause you're right. It has become a newer thing lately where you start reading ink magazine articles or, you know, whatever you typically read fast company where it's really starting to shine a light on people like yourself that have some digital skill. It doesn't necessarily have to be coding, right? And they're just kind of traveling around, kind of untethering themselves from any particular city. Because if I understand correctly, you stayed in San Francisco. So, I mean, it got a bit crowded there, or it's getting it's getting crowded there, right? So, Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from San Francisco, and I go back every year. Mm. But I haven't actually lived there for almost 10 years now. And it's because it's expensive, and the weather's not very good in the winter. And because... I'm digital, I you know, because I'm location independent and I can do everything from anywhere in the world. Yeah. I'd be crazy to stay there. You know, why would I pay California income tax when I can be a resident of Texas, you know, and use that as my home base? Why would I pay three grand a month for a studio apartment in San Francisco when I can spend three hundred dollars a month in Chiang Mai for the same apartment? You know, or I can kind of meet it halfway and say, you know what? Let me pay fifteen hundred, but live in a you know beautiful penthouse mm. somewhere like in Thailand. Yeah, that's a really good point, especially for again for somebody that 
is not tethered to a desk or a company that doesn't let you travel while you're doing the work, that that absolutely works, right? I mean, yeah, then I would live somewhere. I'm in North Carolina, which the taxes are beautiful, particularly in Raleigh, where Amazon and all these companies are coming. So they call it Silicon Valley South without the extra taxes, the the crowd, the weather is beautiful here. So yeah, if you can do something like that from and from your position, you can. It is a really, really makes sense. Yeah, I mean, kind of just give people, I'm, I'm going to give people a rough idea of how much you can save, even from, even moving from, you know, anywhere in the US, right? So if you guys are, you know, are listening and you're like, I want to be able to live a baller lifestyle, but I still want to, I still want to be able to kind of enjoy life, be around other, you know, entrepreneurs, but I want to save money too. You know, I want to start buying investments and getting to that next step, that fourth quadrant that Robert Kiyosaki, which had, Porta talks about where instead of us actively hustling, you know, to build businesses and make money, mm. we can start having passive income through investments. And I really think that's where everyone should get eventually Riley's dream about. So if I lived in California and I made a hundred grand a year, you know, first off, I'd probably spend more than half of that just living you know, on rent and expenses. Mm -hmm. But then I'll have my, you know, federal income tax, which will be 30 to 40 percent. That's 30, you know, 30, 40 grand gone another eight to nine percent for california state income tax which is another you know eight or nine thousand which is gone then insurance you know not only do you have car insurance but health insurance mm -hmm. and as uh you know being self-employed that's gonna be expensive it's gonna be four to six hundred dollars minimum just even for the most basic plan so at the end of the day you barely have any money left over you know you might be able to go on one trip to one conference or one vacation yeah, sure, you can you know try to write some things off, but in general, you, you you wouldn't have much left over. Making that same hundred grand while being a digital nomad, whether you're in Thailand, whether you're in somewhere in Spain, or even Mexico, you know, there's things you can do. And we're actually going to have a tax expert at the Nomad Summit coming up um, in Vegas in a few weeks, and basically she's going to talk about the foreign income. Uh, Exclusion Act, which is basically a way to give people a huge tax break if you're not actually living in the U.S. As Americans, we still always have to pay U.S. income tax, even if we're living somewhere else. But as long as we're out of the country for 11 months of the year, we are income tax free, federal income tax free for the first $102,000 we make. Really? And that can save you 20 grand, 30 grand easily. I never knew that. Yeah. And to step it up, I moved out of California you know, when I knew I wasn't going to go back and I wasn't going to be living there full time. So I'm a legal resident of Texas, zero state income tax. So right there, I'm saving another eight grand a year. Wow. Okay. Wow. I never knew that. So yeah, I mean, think, think about what you can do with 40 grand a year. Come on. I mean, I can tell you and especially in, in Thailand or Mexico. I mean, that's your whole yearly expenses. What about the person, the guy or gal that has a family? They want to do this. They're excited by the opportunity to save $40,000. They are able to, they have a digital lifestyle, right? But they have a family. How do you maneuver around that? Or what would some of your advice be for them? You know what? I, I, I think... Everyone's situation is going to be a little bit, you know, unique and specific. Yep. But here's the thing is I never want anyone to say, oh, well, that'd be great for someone else, but not for me because X, Y, Z. And I guarantee whoever I talk to, whether they're single, yep. whether they have eight kids, everyone's going to have a reason or an excuse or maybe both why they can't do it. But I also guarantee that if they really wanted it enough, they can find solutions. They'll make it happen. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've met plenty of nomad families, you know. I mean, 
I, I like it's it's one of those things where it depends on your priority. I mean, I know you had Neil Patel on the show, and I know you know even though he works online and he could you know be a digital nomad and travel full time, that's not really his priority. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who like taking short trips, like traveling you know for conferences or for work, but they like being in one place most of the year. You know, there's a lot of people who value being close to you know the, their parents or you know value you know being kind of in their hometown and to be honest for me you know i see my parents probably as much as i did when i lived in southern california and they lived in northern california so i moved to you know la and orange county for for university my parents stayed in san francisco and even though we're in the same state we only saw each other for holidays anyways mm. now i see them twice a year usually i go back to visit once and then we'll go on vacation somewhere, whether we'll meet up in Thailand or in Taiwan, you know, or, you know, maybe we'll meet up in Europe or something. And I end up spending more quality time with them anyways. That's a good point, because I, I was going to definitely ask about your direct relationship with your family. But how do you tend to keep a social life? Right. So yeah, the, are the friendships fragmented that you may have had in San Francisco, Texas? Or how do you how do you manage to keep those up? Yeah, I mean, to be honest. I struggled a lot in the beginning trying to, you know, stay close to my high school friends, you know, or people I knew from college. And after a while, I realized, you know what, was I really their friend? Was I close to them? Yeah. I mean, like, it's not that, you know, it's not that we weren't friends in in college, but was it just because we happened to live close to each other and we happened to have the same kind of lifestyle? If I met them today, would we be best friends? And not saying that they're bad people. But maybe we're just really different, you know? I mean, thinking back, you know, even today, a lot of these friends are super into cars. You know, they're super into, you know, Japanese sports cars like Toyota Supras. I never cared. You know, I I think I tried to care because they're into it. But in reality, I have completely different hobbies. And I didn't, I wouldn't even known I had these hobbies until I started traveling. Oh, dude, you you remind me. So I want, you know, yeah. Yeah, you remind me so much of me because I swear... I had a friend that he always talked about cars, loves cars, would say, hey, man, there goes a 1960, blah, blah, blah. And all the people around him would, would get into it because he was into it. But I swear I'd be I, to this day, I don't care about what my wife and I drive. I mean, I care for the quality sake. Am I getting the value for my money? All of that stuff aside. Uh, so we have a Nissan and a Kia. But. Outside of that, I don't care about like and the torque on the rims and all. I I just do not care, and I don't even care to fake it. Otherwise, to your point, those just aren't that that real of friendships if you're faking it. Yeah, and you know the thing is, like I don't want to you know I don't want to go back and, and and think like oh I wasted you know those five or ten years of being you know this guy's friend or these people's friend, but it's more like you know it's better to know that what your real hobbies are and move on from there. I mean, when I, when I do go back, mm. I still hang out with, you know, these guys and catch up cause I'm genuinely inter- interested in their life. You know, I want to know what's happening, you know, with their marriage or with the kids. And I like them as a, you know, as a human. So I want to keep in touch, but do I really want to, you know, hang out with them at a car meet every weekend and talk about things I don't care about, you know, whether, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I've done a lot of, a lot of things that, I never had an interest in because only because other people did like, um, you know, comic books, for example. (laughs) I totally get it. 
I, I really do. So listen, you know, go into your site, johnnyfd.com. You can see that you're in a lot of things. And like I said, you and I, there, there's so much in common in terms of what you like. I could see us being friends in that respect. But how, how do you do you are you stitching together like side hustles and different things? How do you finance this lifestyle? You know, I think when people look at my blog today, they either think, man, I can't do this. This, this is too much. Mm -hmm. Or they're just confused. They're like, how did this mm -hmm. guy, you know, have 10 different sources of income? Or how does he make it happen with, you know, all these things? But what's nice about my blog is I've been writing that for, you know, more than five years now. And I, I started writing it when I had one income stream. And that was Kindle Publishing. Mm. So I had a, a book called 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap. And I started writing about how much I would make a month from, you know, selling that book, different ways to market the book, you know, the, the income levels going up and down. And then my second, you know, online income stream was with dropshipping. So I started a dropshipping store, documented the whole thing from when I first started before I made my first sale. I had a post, you know, in 2013, you know, saying, you know, saying how excited I was I made my first sale. <laughs> and then it just kind of went from there. And pretty much every six months... I would start something new, you know, and usually it was because there was just different opportunities, but also I would get a little bit bored. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I've now started maybe four different dropshipping stores. I have two books on Kindle now. I have a bunch of courses on Udemy. I have courses through Teachable. I have a YouTube channel now. I have two different podcasts, tons of different investments, you know, other streams of passive income. And now there's maybe 10 or 15 different streams, but if someone just kind of followed it, you know, month by month, it wouldn't seem like that many things because it was just one at a time. How do you how do you manage to keep up with doing all of that stuff while you're traveling? Because traveling in itself could be uh, an event. Yeah, it's you know I, that was actually what the second part of my definition was. You know, you know the reason why the blog post wasn't just you know three sentences is I defined digital nomad, and then I talked about how often you should travel as one. Hmm. And I think that if someone is just traveling, let's say, you know, they're moving cities or countries every four days, they're not really being a digital nomad. They're just traveling. And the reason why I say that is they're probably not really sitting down to work and they're not really building a business. They're just kind of moving around sightseeing or, you know, doing things, you know, on the extreme opposite, if someone's been in one place for the last two years, let's say just Chiang Mai, for instance, and every time they make a visa run, it's just they take you know a bus to the border and come back this very same day. They're not really taking advantage of being a nomad either. They're just you know an expat or they're just staying in one place. So to me, a digital nomad is someone who you know works, builds their business, automates it as much as, as possible. They they have it running, and then they travel kind of slowly while letting you know while continuing to grow it. And I guess you know. There's, there's so many different ways to define it that this is the definition you know, of a successful digital nomad who is, you know, has a sustainable lifestyle. Mm. You know, someone can say to me, like, no, Johnny, I know plenty of people who travel, you know, to you know, 25 countries a year, you know, and they have a blog or Instagram about being a digital nomad. But my question to them is, are they actually making money? Are they sustainable? Mm. Are they gonna burn themselves out? Yeah, exactly. I mean, because, you know, as I said, traveling in itself is so I like the fact that you really kind of are making it clear on your definition and the definition that people when they approach digital nomad, that is just not you just bouncing around every two days just to say, I'm, hey, I'm a digital nomad. So you could start a blog and 
and jump on the next hot wave of whatever it is. I mean, there's really kind of an art to it, it sounds like. Like, how are you picking the places that you do travel to when you pick up and go somewhere else? So for me, kind of the ideal time frame is usually two to three months in each location. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each location could be one place in, in Thailand, maybe just Chiang Mai. Then the next location could, could be a different country or it could just be, you know, a different part of Thailand. So maybe in the south or something. So for me, the reason why I like this kind of two or three month rule is first off, it gives you enough time to settle down, get into a routine and, you know, maybe join a gym, join a co-working space, get a long-term rent uh, on a nice apartment or an Airbnb where you can kind of feel settled. And in those two or three months, you have time to either build a whole new business, which I've done, you know, multiple times now in that two or three month window. That's kind of the amount of time, you know, in my experience, it takes to to create something new, whether it's publish a new book or start a new dropshipping store or, you know, um, or create, you know, a series of, of something or create a course. And then honestly, a lot of it is what are my friends up to? <laughs> What's a place that, you know, I heard um, was good. You know, it's it's yep. a cool place to check out and I'll go check it out. Does the words Bitcoin, Ethereum, digital currency make sense to you at all? Have you ever heard of people talking about cryptocurrency? If you're interested, and if you're interested in buying and selling, then the best way to do it is with our sponsor today, Coinbase. Coinbase was founded in 2012 and is a digital currency wallet and platform where merchants and consumers can transact new digital currencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. They're based in San Francisco, California. Bitcoin is the world's most widely used alternative currency with a total market cap over $100 billion. The Bitcoin network is made up of thousands of computers run by individuals all over the world. If you want to start today in purchasing Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Litecoin, go into today's podcast notes, download the link, and get started today. This is a loaded question, so forgive me here because you kind of addressed this a little bit, but I, I, I do want to frame this in such a way. How do you find happiness through travel? There are so many entrepreneurs that deal with anxiety, depression because of isolation, whatever it is, and now you're traveling, so you're, you're at a whole different level of you know being an entrepreneur. How do you find happiness through, through doing that? So I'm asking more psychologically rather than, hey, I just go out to the clubs and I, I kind of want to really just dig into your mind a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, ironically, I, I, I guess if you look at my Instagram or if you look at my social media, it looks like from the outside, you know, the most, you know, the most fun I'm having is when I'm at the clubs, you know, when I'm on a, on a boat with a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. But just like my old life when I lived in, in LA, those weren't, you know, the happiest times of my life. You know, there might have been exciting moments, mm. you know, things that you kind of want to, you know, you want the the Instagram opportunity for it or to brag about. But the real happy moments are usually, you know, when I'm hiking or in nature or, you know, just hanging out with friends, you know, having having a pizza. Mm. Those, you know, moments you normally don't, you know, you might not even have that many photos of or people don't really care about them. But for me, I try to keep that in mind. You know, I'll do the things like go to a pool party and get a bottle of champagne here in Odessa, in Ukraine, because it's fun, you know, and it's, 
and it's a great value here compared to like let's say Vegas. I mean, here you're spending thirty dollars and you can get a bottle of champagne uh, at a pool party surrounded by beautiful girls. <laughs> but in Vegas, that would cost you you know three hundred dollars to get in, another three hundred dollars for for a bottle. So these are you know experiences I enjoy having, but for long term happiness, I know you know things like going for hikes, um, you know setting goals, going camping. Uh, especially with friends, that's what really makes me happy. So I really try to have that every few months. I love it. You know, on in one area, I watched a video where you were talking about goal setting, having a vision board, which I, it really stuck with me. And more than just having a vision board, I know a lot of people have a vision board, but you know, the, again, this goes back to the psychology of you kind of what, what does having these goals in front of you and kind of this vision for whatever you're going after, your pursuit of happiness or whatever it is that you're doing while you're traveling, how much has this meant for you mentally, spiritually, and physically? Meaning when you started five years ago or 10 years ago, whenever you started on your nomad journey, how much have you felt in yourself, both mentally, spiritually, and physically, a massive difference of a man? I'm really lucky that my birthday is in the middle of the year. So for most people, they will wait until New Year's Day to sit down and reflect on their last year and say, you know, uh, you know where am I at? Or what are my goals? What are my resolutions for the next year? I get to do it twice a year because my, my birthday is in July. And then again, I do it on New Year's Eve. And obviously, someone could just pick a random day. I mean, if you guys want, you can do it on, on my birthday and just sit Happy down. Happy belated and, birthday, by yeah, the way. Thank you. You know, but just like, you know, what it is, is sitting down and kind of reflecting I asked myself like a pretty simple question, uh, but it takes all day to really think about it. I just, I have, you know, a bunch of categories, you know, um, wealth, health, you know, like fitness level, uh, relationships, um, you know, kind of experiences. And I'll just ask myself in each category, am I ahead of what I was this time last year or am I behind? So is it going positive or negative? So wealth is pretty easy to look at. You can look at your total net worth or your bank account statements and say, do I have more money today or did I have more money last year? Mm -hmm. And if you're going backwards, unless you're you know building something up that can, can sell for a big ROI later, you're probably doing something wrong. I, and I do the same you know, for health. I'm like, am I in better shape now or was I in better shape last year? Do I have, am I closer to my, you know, my parents and my family today? Or did I have a better relationship with them last year? Uh, romantically, you know, do I ha- am I happier in a better relationship, or am I you know negative? Mm-hmm. And having these things kind of set down makes it really easy to be honest with your life and say, all right, am I just you know traveling for this for the for the Instagram, or am I actually moving forward? Mm. Because I don't think anyone needs to magically do anything in one year. I think Tony Robbins says it. We often overestimate what we can do in a few months or a year, and we underestimate what's possible in 10 years. Because if you really think about it, 10 years from today, I mean, what really matters is having a big win this year and try to, you know, try to go for it right now and, you know, having it, you know, either might not happen or having it kind of burn you out. Mm. Or if you can, you know, pretty much guarantee yourself by following, you know, these these steps and these goals, that ten years from today you'll be, you know, in great shape. You'll be healthy. You know, you'll be be in loving relationship. You have a great relationship with your family. Uh, you'll have a lot of money. You know, and if all these things are kind of set for the grand picture, to me that's way more 
it's a way better goal. And so it's also way more realistic than trying to go for big swings, you know, right now. Yeah, that's really good. And it's really practical, right? I mean, those are things from the financial side to the relationships that you you hold dear. Those are really things that are easily tracked. And we kind of fool ourselves when we do this New Year's kickoff and not to crush anybody's New Year's kickoff, but sometimes we don't have just get real sessions with ourselves where we kind of examine our lives and say, am I really happy with who I am as a brother, father, friend, traveler, business person, whatever it is, there's a deeper examination and it has to take place in ourselves for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think, you know, like, for example, I have a lot of friends who, you know, are in the kind of more of a CPA affiliate business. And every time I see them, I only see them maybe once every six months. They're either on top of the world, they're living in a, in a you know, in a penthouse, you know, popping champagne with kind of, you know, just kind of throwing money or they're just stressed and broke and depressed because you know, <laughs> yeah. their campaigns aren't working or they're down. Or, you know, they haven't made money for five months. And to be honest, that's not something I want to do. You know, like if anything, the probably the best thing I did was when I was killing it and I was making a ton of money. I was making, you know, 25, 30 grand a month all of last year. And I think 2016 was probably my best year. I saved all of that money. I probably spent maybe 15% of what I made that year. And the other 85 bought investments and those investments are still paying me off today. Yeah, that's why I you know, that's why I am not a fan of the hashtag no sleep team, uh hustle 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 and do all this because it really does send you from one extreme to the left to the other extreme to the right and there's no happiness middle for you, right? I mean, you know, as you pointed out, especially affiliate people, they have great campaigns during the holiday season and they're popping bottles and they're on a boat, you know, singing the song that they did on Step Brothers. And then next thing you know, you know, they're in the worst position ever. I, You really do have to kind of find a happy medium in your life. And again, that's, you know, finding out who you are and, and where your lane is at. Right. So, you know, I always say kind of knowing who you're not helps you to know who you are. So, Stop having these fake conversations with people. If you don't like cars, stop faking like you do and having these fake friendships. And that's why I really admire what you're doing, because you're just kind of launching yourself out there. And I think that it's beautiful, man. I wish I, you know, I'm 44. I wish I would have done it earlier myself because I really respect you kind of meeting new people. I think I saw you one time in a hostel where typically there's people in there, but you're like, I'm in here by myself and I'm now I'm just going to figure out from here. I, I mean, there's there's something really there's something really cool about that that I really can appreciate. Well, I appreciate that. And I mean, to be honest, you know, I think we all wish you know we would have done it earlier. You know, I'm 37 now and I wish I would have knew these things, you know, when I was 27 or maybe when I was 17. But to be honest, mm -hmm. It, you know, it's first off, we can't change it. So it's not even worth thinking about. But secondly, hmm. maybe we weren't ready for it. Maybe, you know, we're ready for it t today or maybe we'll be ready for it, you know, seven years from now. And that's why I like having the podcast. This is why I like coming on, you know, interviews like this one and as well as having the blog, because when people are ready for it, they can find it. I love it, man. I love it. Really positive way to look at it. So let's talk about the podcast a little bit because it is a good one. Travel Like a Boss podcast. Tell us kind of the guest makeup, your focus around it. Tell us a little bit more about the podcast. Yeah, so I started it maybe f almost four years ago now when I was living in Chiang Mai and I was meeting digital nomads at pretty much, you know, every other day. And I always kind of thought, man, I wonder 
you know, these conversations that I'm having almost on a daily basis, how much this would help people if they were back home, you know, they're in some small town and they didn't have access to entrepreneurs, didn't have access to people who are traveling and building a business or running a business, you know? So I thought, Hey, it just, it's not that hard. I can, I can buy a mic. I can learn how to edit. And pretty much, you know, from then now we, you know, we've had over 200 episodes now and we've talked about, I want to say at least, you know, maybe let's say a hundred different business models, just because even though for me, writing a book, then getting into drop shipping, you know, then starting a blog was my path. It doesn't necessarily mean that's everybody's path. And I really wanted just to sh- you know, show there's no excuses. You know, out of those 200 episodes, I guarantee you there's something that you're going to click with and you're going to be like, I can do this or, you know, this resonates with me. Yeah. So I, I'm listening to you, Johnny. Everything you're saying makes me want to become location independent. How do you know what are some things that I can do to start going in that direction? I mean, the first thing to do would be meet up with other people who are location independent or give it a trial run. So, you know, probably the easiest is if you want to come out to, to Vegas Labor Day weekend, we're having the Nomad Summit there, August 31st through September 3rd. Basically, it's going to be the same conference that we have in Thailand every year, but we're bringing it to the U.S. So it'd be you know, easier for people like you who've been thinking about it, dreaming about it, to actually go learn about you know the tax benefits, learn about you know how to basically take your business online and streamline it so you don't have to be in one place. But more importantly, meet other people who have done it already, who are at least or yeah. you know that want to do it. That's really cool. So say those dates again for those listening uh, for the conference. So it's going to be August 31st through September 3rd. It's Labor Day weekend in Las Vegas. You can go to nomadsummit.com for info. And if you can't make it out to this one, I mean, try to make out to this one. But if you really can't, one you know thing that a lot of people do is they buy tickets to the January Chiang Mai conference, which is January 19th through the 21st in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And what happens is when people commit saying, I'm going to be there no matter what, you know, I'm going to pay, you know, I'm going to buy this ticket. I'm going to figure out a way to be there. And what happens is the gears start kind of grinding in your head. You start making lists of what do you need to do before you get to, to, to Thailand. And I remember making these same lists from the four hour work week, you know, when I first went there just you know on vacation, you know, and back then it was harder, you know, because mm. back then, you know, in 2008, when I first went, mm-hmm. it wasn't common to have all your credit cards, you know, paid online. You know, people were still sending in checks back then. Now it's so easy, you know, and you can literally just say, okay, I'm going to be gone. You know, and don't just come for the weekend, you know, come a few days before, stay a week or two after. You know, if you can try to stay a whole month in Chiang Mai and just try to make it a, a test run. And your goal is in that month for your life not to fall apart. And that's what my goal was. I mean, I know that was Tim Ferriss's goal that he talked about in his book. He wanted to be be able to go on vacation and travel and not have his business fall apart. But what ends up happening is when you prepare for it, you start automating things, you start outsourcing things, start eliminating things that aren't, aren't necessary. What ends up a lot you know, happening is not only does the business continue to run, if anything, sometimes it actually grows and runs better without you in the business every day. Wow, that's really cool. So, Johnny, look, I'm a fan, man. I really am. I think the stuff that you have, your your videos are so good. Again, the reason why I like you, you talk about 
renting a home versus buying a home. Yeah, I mean, you're, the stuff that you dive into varies so much and is so good. And that was, I can't remember how long that video was, maybe a 17 minute video, but I, I try to absorb all your content because again, it, it really goes in line with how I think, what I want to see, how I want to move my family forward. So it's really cool stuff. I think other people will also engage with this. Feel free to share anything you like. Your your Twitter, how can people get in touch with you? How can they absorb your content? Feel free to share it. So as you mentioned, the videos, if you go on YouTube, just find my channel, Johnny FD. I think it's just YouTube slash Johnny FD. And yeah, you're right. I really put, you know, put everything out there. I mean... For example, the you know real estate videos, like I don't make any money from that, you know, like I don't, I don't have any products to do with real estate or renting a house, but these are things that I wanted to dive in for myself, and I wanted to have an excuse to sit down and really you know do the research, do the math, do the spreadsheets, and figure out mm. is you know is it worth it to buy a house or is it more expensive to rent? And after I figured all this out, you know, uh, after I spoke to experts about it, I did the math, I did the calculators, I realized hey, this is information that a lot of people don't have the time to research themselves or they don't have the resources. Let me put this out there. And, you know, that's kind of just always been, you know, my, my style for the last probably 10, 20 years. And to be honest, there's a lot of things, you know, people get upset about, you know, about me. Um, you know, a lot of pe- you know, people own a house and they don't want to hear it. Or when I was, you know, when I talked about the paleo diet, you know, there's a lot of, you know, vegans or vegetarians who, who didn't want to hear about it, you know, but the thing is, I want people to remember, this isn't just the one solution out there, and everyone is different, but this is the solution that really worked for me, and it probably will work for a lot of people in my situation, and you know, I want people to have at least that one solution, because when I, you know, for most of these things, I never had, you know, an older brother to follow, you know, my father never, you know, was able to teach me, you know, how to ask her on a date or you know how to how to be you know a man growing up in you know this generation you know or even in the u.s because he was he was not born in the u.s and these are things that you know honestly i wish i didn't have to spend five years trying to figure out how to talk to a girl how to get a girlfriend (laughs) but my goal has always been you know i can make the mistakes i can learn from the lessons amazing so you guys don't have to man you're awesome thank you so much you guys go check out uh johnnyfd.com you'll find a lot of his other stuff there really cool dude great content i absorb it i hope that you guys do too johnny thank you so much for being on the show man yeah i appreciate it priest good talking to you hope you guys got something out of today's episode with johnny so exciting to talk to him I swear when the guy talks, I just hear Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take you. Okay, maybe I didn't hear that, but it, it felt real good to listen to this podcast and understand that the world is our opportunity. We have to stop closing ourselves in as entrepreneurs and people that are running businesses to one location, tethering ourselves to one place. Happiness is right in front of us. Look, hopefully you guys can go out subscribe, share this podcast, please leave some feedback. It's uh, typically, I don't ask for people to leave reviews and feedback. It's just not something I've done over the couple years that we've been doing this podcast, but it is important for other listeners. So I ask that you leave some feedback for us out on iTunes, check us out on Stitcher. Please share us tweet about this episode. Amazing guy. Johnny is very gracious with his time and I appreciate you guys. Hopefully you got something out of this until next Sunday. 
See you soon. I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious.